When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello everybody. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. Always a pleasure. Well, we get to talk about a win. Isn't it magical? Honestly, from from the reactions or from the conversations I've seen since the game, you wouldn't know it. I was gonna say because it didn't seem like a lot of magical excitement coming from either of you two. Uh, I wouldn't say like, I mean, a win's a win, and I, it's the first shutout against a Big Ten opponent since 2004. So I mean, that's nothing to sniff at, but um, I mean, yeah, it's just I think the thing is one people don't care about Rutgers as an opponent. There's no emotional ties there. It's someone you expect to beat. Um, yeah, they're not. Particularly, they're better this season than they have maybe been in years past, but they're still not particularly good. So, um, if anything, I think the thing going against the Gophers in that game was <laughs> it wasn't a ton of entertainment value, um, but they I mean, they still won. So, they just may not have done it in an exciting fashion, I would say. Yeah, I mean that I would I would agree with that. I mean, it's just it wasn't it wasn't entertaining. I mean, as somebody in the seats, it was a very methodical plotting. I mean, the words that came up in the third and fourth quarter, or if anybody remembers us with the old Kent State protocol where it was like, "All right, we're just going to keep it on the ground, make them make mistakes, let our defense continue to bail us out." And the defense had a great game. I mean, the defense deserves all the all the credit they get. I mean, Rutgers' office must be might be hot garbage, but the defense did what they were supposed to. Um, but I mean, what it wasn't exciting. We we relied on Mo to run for almost forty carries. And he did what he does, and you know that if that if that's what it's going to take to win three of our last four games or all four games, then so be it. We'll win in this ugly fashion. It's not going to impress anybody, whether it be people in the seats or recruits. Um, but a win is a win, and if you can, you know, do that four more games and get to nine and three, I don't think anybody's going to care how you got there. Um, I would say one thing. What's interesting, your point, you know, they kind of did Kent State protocol. In his press conference this week, Flex said that was pretty much the game plan going in. They had, he said that they had prepped Mo for between 35 and 40 carries this 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 game. So that they kind of they knew they weren't going to stretch defense in the passing game. They really didn't. Um, it wasn't a, wasn't a virtual vertical passing game. You had Tanner Morgan back, but um, and one other thing Flex said in his press conference this week was you know a lot of those downfield throws are where they were throwing most of their interceptions. So they were going to try and dink their dunk and dink and dunk their way through in the passing game, which is what they did. You know, it wasn't a spectacular game through the air. For, I think Tanner Morgan was 14 of 21 for 122 passing yards, no touchdowns and interceptions. Um, really nothing special, just, you know, short intermediate passes, trying to throw guys open. Um, but I mean, yeah, they, they kind of 
went in knowing they're just going to run the ball, grind it out, take up the clock. I mean, that that opening drive, honestly, was awesome. Like, that's like people knock on Fleck for his obsession with time possession. But when you possess the ball for nearly the entire first quarter and go into the second quarter and just march down the field on 98-9 yards scoring drive on your opening drive, um, man, that, that's just Big Ten football to me. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting that they went in knowing what they wanted to do. They executed that game plan. Maybe got a little bit conservative halfway through, um, although I do want to give some credit to Rutgers' defense. This is a very good defense, and there's some things they did well, especially on the, on the defensive line. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Minnesota just executed what they set out to do, and that's, at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Are you going to be able to get behind four more games of that? Um, I mean, I don't, I, this will probably be the same game plan for Northwestern, I imagine. Um, Honestly, probably Nebraska too. Nebraska is an interesting one. I mean, we'll get into them a little bit later. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make of their defense. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that later, but um, I think definitely for Iowa and Wisconsin, I don't know if that one-dimensional offense is going to cut it, especially against Iowa, because they're very tough um, in that front seven and even really good. I mean, it's just a good great defense overall um and yet they still may end up with like five six losses this year so yeah i don't i don't think that's going to be the recipe going forward if, if it is i don't they're not going to win a ton of games I mean, like, maybe like i think two and two is probably best case scenario if they're, that's their game plan going forward um but uh but yeah i mean it was good enough against was records and it also it, honestly i think we talked last week about this being a palate cleanser i think that was it even from a team standpoint um they kept things very simple on both sides of the ball got back to fundamentals you know we're a running football team we're going to pass when we need to just keep the defense honest but at the end of the day we're going to grind them down on offense and you know suffocate them on defense and that's what they did um and it's not, not going to be the recipe week in and week out, but I think for this particular game against this particular opponent, it was enough. Well, Blake, I'm going to have you, you know, break down Nebraska uh, for us here in just a moment. Andy, could do you think this is the kind of game plan that, that could work against Nebraska? You seem to be thinking they might at least choose to go that way. Do you think it could be successful? I mean... I, I do think their their Nebraska defense isn't great, and I mean Illinois they put the ball through the air a little bit, but they did a fairly um, you know plotting attack against Nebraska and made it work. I mean the biggest thing is going to be is does Nebraska have the firepower on offense if the Gopher defense can play like they did against Rutgers? If they can keep Nebraska to ten points, then I think if Minnesota wins seventeen ten, it might give you know all the fans heart attacks, but they can win a game seventeen ten like that. Um, you know, frankly, like I said, at this point, I don't care how ugly it is as long as you end up with the W at the end of the day. Um, make it figure out what you have to do. If it's if it's as ugly as the Rutgers game, sure. If they're going to go out and all of a sudden figure out how to throw the ball and Tanner throws for four hundred fifty yards and five touchdowns against Nebraska. That's great. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Um, but as long as it's a go for win at the end of the day, do what you got to do. And I'm sure PJ Fleck thinks he knows what he has to do. And hopefully uh, he's right with the game plan and the Gophers can execute whatever they need to do to execute to make sure it happens. Blake, if you were to try to, you know, rain on the rain on the Kent State protocol, what would you say Nebraska has waiting for them defensively that could hold it hold it in check? Anything at all? Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a good defense. I mean, 
they <clears throat> excuse me they fired they fired their they fired the defensive coordinator like I think was it four games into the season and he was fired by the interim head coach um I mean they they'd given up like a combined 94 points between the Georgia Southern loss and the Oklahoma loss and then they kind of once they promoted their special teams coach to the interim defensive coordinator they had a couple respectable performances one against Indiana where they only allowed 21 points and then one against Rutgers where they held them to 14 um shut him out in the second half or no 13 and won 14 13 in that game um then they i mean then they faced purdue um and gave up 391 passing yards 217 rushing yards and like 40 some points um so i mean it's just i don't think they're it's tough to get a read on them like what which defense is going to show up because i think they actually played respectably against Illinois they only they held them to it was kind of a similar defensive performance to how Minnesota performed against Illinois um they held them to field goals like gave up yards gave up sustained drives but then in the red zone bent but didn't break <clears throat> I think Illinois game plan honestly is could be easily followed by Minnesota and Illinois game plan against Nebraska was um they're going to be efficient in the passing game they were 20 of 22 um, through the air, but they only averaged about eight yards per completion. So there were some explosive plays, but their emphasis was in getting guys open, hitting higher percentage passes, just moving the ball down the field. Um, and how they did that was, was you know, using RPOs and, and play-action bootlegs off the run. And they, they, ran, they, they ran the ball 48 times for 188 rushing yards. Like, there was no mistaking what they were trying to do. They are going to feed Chase Brown and just attack that Nebraska defensive front and that's what they did and i mean they they moved the ball up and down the field they yeah they got enough points to win so i mean that's just i guess for me the biggest hurdle isn't necessarily nebraska's defense it's minnesota's offensive line which just hasn't played particularly well most of the season i don't think i, I didn't think that they improved improve substantially against rutgers rutgers has a pretty good defensive front not great but i would say pretty good and they're very disruptive at times. I mean, their only reason, a lot of the times, the only reason Minnesota had a positive yard is because they're handing the ball off to Mo, Mo Ibrahim, who's really good at making that first guy and even the second guy miss and making something out of nothing. Um, they really benefit from having him in the backfield. And um, it's just tough for me to have a lot of faith in this offensive line right now because you know, we're, we're two-thirds of the way through the season. And, I mean, there's only so much improvement you can make over the final four weeks of the, of the season. At this point in the season, you kind of are what you are. And they're just not a very good offensive line, or not at least not very consistent. Like they may have, you know, experienced experience guys, talented guys, but um, it's just tough for me to have a lot of faith in that offensive line. But I guess I should just have faith in Mo Ibrahim at this point. So that's that's my biggest concern with facing this Nebraska defense. I don't think the Nebraska defense itself is that formidable or that fearsome. Um, I just know it doesn't take much to disrupt this offensive line for Minnesota. I think the the bigger question for me, the one that is, I think the word I've used around Nebraska for much of the season is, when looking ahead to the Minnesota game, is I'm wary of Nebraska. I don't think there's any reason to fear Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska is a particularly good team. I don't think they've done anything to to show you know something that you should be especially afraid of. But they do have enough talent on offense, seemingly to make a game of it if you put them in if you let them in put them in to the game uh, you know what what worries you about nebraska's offense uh definitely trey palmer 
Uh, he is their top wide receiver. He's former LSU uh, transfer. <clears throat> he is exactly what Minnesota's offense has been missing. He's a deep threat. You know, he can stretch the defense, force them to respect the downfield passing game. He's a home run threat. Um, he leads their team in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. He's easily one of the best receivers in the Big Ten, if not the country. Um, outside of him, they everyone else is pretty pedestrian in, ter- in terms of their pass catchers. They spread around a little bit, but he's their guy that they want to get the lion's share of the targets to. And he's going to present um, a really tough option for the secondary. I mean, the secondary, I think, is, for the most part, has been pretty good. They had some kind of uncharacteristic breakdowns against Penn State. Um, they're just overmatched by Illinois' wide receiver core. Had just had a bad day there. But um, I really think locking down him is going to be priority one. I do think it'll help them if Casey Thompson isn't available. He is Nebraska's starting quarterback. And during the second quarter of the Illinois game on Saturday, he hit his it took a hit to his right elbow and then lost feeling in his right hand and apparently didn't have feeling in his hand the rest of the game. Didn't return, and the, def- the offense without him was atrocious. Um, they have two primary back- backup quarterbacks, Logan Smothers and Chubb Purdy. Um, combined, they were 4 of 9 for 16 passing yards um, and only got one first down the rest of the game. So that offense is obviously very different without Casey Thompson under center. Um, I think if he is unavailable, you look to them to see, you know, or lean more on Anthony Grant. He's their very tough running running back. Um tackling is going to be important with him these guys can run through contact get pick up pick up yard, yards after contact things like that i think he's got 700 743 yards on uh, 156 carries this season although he's been kept out of the end zone um and for the last five games so not a lot of consistency there in, in finding the end zone but um yeah i think the passing game is the biggest threat on this offense but again if casey thompson isn't back there i think it's a whole different ball game and i think nebraska's chances of winning this game um dropped dramatically and as of, as of this recording he's considered day-to-day I mean, mickey Vicky joseph basically said he doesn't expect him to play but i mean we've heard that before so who knows who's going to play saturday yeah that feels that feels suspiciously like the the purdue illinois trap <laughs> well the penn state trap for that matter i don't think sean clifford was fully uh healthy before that game either Ah, time is a flat circle is what I'm feeling. Uh, It's Nebraska week, which obviously means it's also broken chair trophy week. Um, It's uh, at this point, I mean, the the broken chair trophy, the the broken charity uh, fundraising drive is, I don't even know what year we're in now. It feels like we must be in our sixth year of that. Maybe it's our fifth year. I don't know. I say our our as a fan base, obviously we at the Daily Gopher do not run uh, the fundraising drive, uh, but we're proud to support it. Um, and, you know, I would, uh, if you're not already, go to brokenchairtrophy.com, get a donation in. Um, make sure to follow the Broken Chair on Twitter. There, are, you know, we've got events available uh, in Minneapolis, in Lincoln, if you happen to be down that way. Um, are you... Uh, Andy, are you going to be able to make your way over to the Stub and Herbs celebration for uh, the chair here in Minneapolis at all? Uh, no, unfortunately, I will not be able to make it out there this year. But 
Uh, it sounds like it should be a, a pretty good crowd. Uh, they've got Chris Martin Bell is going to be there, and I think Brevin Van Ford is going to be there. Uh, so, you know, you've got some of the some of the Gopher stars hanging out with uh, with the chair and and with fans. So it should be a pretty good uh, experience for people. They can get out there before uh, everybody heads off to Lincoln on Friday. Last year, uh, after several years in Minnesota raising the most money, uh, Nebraska just freaking came out of the woodwork and raised like thirty grand for their half of the charity. Uh, so it's time for uh, Gophers to uh, sort of up their game a little bit uh, and uh, take back the bragging rights around this uh, this fan this fan powered trophy. Um, I really wish I had the opportunity to see the chair myself down in Lincoln, but uh, plenty of other good ways to support the uh, support the effort at, from BrokenChairTrophy.com. Um, get on over there and make your presence felt um, for the University of Minnesota Masonics Children's Hospital. Uh, as always, the recipient and support supported uh, institution for the Minnesota, Minnesota side of the Broken Charity. Yeah, and they uh, this year they're doing. Uh, I think they're directing the money towards uh, Casey O'Brien's new uh, foundation, which goes towards the uh, Children's Hospital. He's looking. I think he's his goal is to raise a uh, million dollars by the end of the year. And I think he he was on the uh, pregame show before the Rutgers game. I heard, and I think they're up to like five hundred fifty or six hundred thousand dollars. So they're definitely making really good progress towards that. Um, just a shout out. Broken Chair Trophy tweeted out earlier today. This is Tuesday. Uh, today, 11-1-2022 is the day that college football fans have raised $100,000 for our team's favorite pediatric cancer orgs. So uh, they broke the official all-time $100,000 mark today, uh, which is pretty impressive for something that came out of absolutely nowhere. So um, for the uh, the Masonic Children's Festival and the Team Jack people, it's 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 really great and uh, definitely encourage everybody to continue uh, to donate on the yearly basis as they can. And, and hopefully uh, we can make sure that that chair stays uh, at the uh, Masonic Children's Hospital for another year. Oh, well, basketball is here. It feels odd to me that we're like a month into hockey season and we're just talking about basketball, but it's basketball time. Uh, since Street cannot be here to lead us through, uh, you know, Andy's going to step up. But before we get there, I think it's only uh, fair to also ask Blake a basketball question. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you seem very excited. I'm prepared for this. This is being sprung upon me with no prior notice. I want that on the record. Well, I mean, you got to make sure that you're – I can't let you be, you know, just out there Googling random things getting ready for this. You have to you have to come in and, and, and just, you know, wing it. Other than Dawson Garcia, I want you to name me one player on the Minnesota Gophers men's roster. Oh, Jameson Battle. I'm proud of you. We'll see if you can keep this going when we get to hockey time. Uh, Isaiah Innan. Um, who else? Um, I feel like I should know more than that, but that's all. It's going. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you a second question. Uh, will Jamison Battle Battle be playing this week? No, I think he's out with a foot injury, isn't he? Yes. Someone's been paying attention to the twitters. Good man. I just know because um, Zips on our staff was in despair. I just saw the news and I mean, it's like he's going to be in despair. 
Injury news always <laughs> injuries news always cripples him. Well, it's it, because it's so very Minnesota to, you know, get us thinking about what Garcia and Battle can do together, and then take away Battle, right before the season, for an unexpected surgery. That's just very, very Minnesota's luck. So. All right, Andy. Well, obviously the the first game up this week is a uh, exhibition against uh, the Saint Olaf Oles, who uh, will not be, I think, really a threat in any way, given that they're Division Three uh, and whatnot. Just if you had to uh, sort of just give us the quickest look at you know the exhibition, what's coming up uh, for the Gophers' first actual game on Monday. Uh, what what uh, what are your quick thoughts about this men's team? Yeah, no, uh, as you said, the uh, the Gophers get their their start Wednesday night at home at the barn when uh, Saint Olaf comes up. Uh, it's going to be for anybody who remembers the uh, the early '90s Glenn Haskins teams. It's going to be uh, sort of a, a fun thing for them. Obviously, Dave Thorson on the Gophers staff. Uh, the other uh, major assistant on that staff. Um, was uh, Dan Kosmoski, who is now the head coach of St. Olaf. Uh, so he gets to come back up to the barn and, and relive some of those early 90s uh, glory days with his Oles team. Um, but yeah, uh, Minnesota St. Olaf playing an exhibition game. Obviously, it should not be uh, too much of a competition for the Gophers. Uh, but they're getting ready to play. They do open uh, regular non-conference play Monday night. Western Michigan comes into the barn for an 8 p.m. tip. Um and so they opened the schedule for real, and it was Ben Johnson to announce that Jamison Battle, um, he did have foot surgery about a week and a half ago. Apparently, it sounds like it was a, a bone that was bothering him, and they decided to get it taken care of before the season rather than something that could last into the year. Uh, so he's apparently week to week, so probably won't be uh, expecting to see him in the uh, non-conference opener against Western Michigan on Monday night, and then I think they have a break until uh, the weekend. I'm pulling up the schedule now. Um yeah, they, they don't play again until Friday night when they host St. Francis of Brooklyn at the barn. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, he might be back by the time they play a DePaul team in the Gavit games um, and get ready for their trip out to, to South SoCal here in a couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, this team looking is, is going to be all about, the, uh, all about the new roster. I mean, you've got uh, a few players that are still here from last year. Uh, mainly battle being the biggest one. Um, you've got uh, real Trayton Thompson is still here. Will Ramberg is still here. Um, Samuels, Torres Samuels is still here. But for the most part, it's a new roster. Um, you're bringing in a ton of freshman talent. Uh, and, and one big notable transfer, obviously, in Dawson Garcia, uh, the prior Lake native who transferred in from North Carolina and, and, you know, hopefully will make a major impact right away. Uh, but, you know, you've got Joshua Ola Joseph coming in from Brooklyn Park. You've got Braden Carrington, the Park Center High School gray guard, who is going to play some guard. Um, you've got Caden Betts, the uh, Colorado kid who, who reclassified, was originally coming in the class of uh, 2023 and reclassified to the class of 2022, another talented wing. Um, Jaden Henley from California. I think people have some really high expectations for him. Uh, this kid uh, is really good off the ball and, and he'll be uh, an offensive threat for this team. Uh, and then, of course, another transfer we brought in, uh, Talon Cooper, uh, to start at point guard for, for the Gophers. Um, 
so yeah, it will be a new luck team. Uh, they're probably going to need a little bit to gel. Um, you know, they're predicted to finish 12th in the big 10, uh, when the, when the preseason media poll came out a couple of weeks ago. So no high expectations in Ben Johnson's second year, but I think people are hoping that if you can get, uh, you know, Garcia and battle out there on the floor and try and find a couple other players, whether it's Cooper who plays a major role or they get some play from some of these freshmen. Uh, Pharrell Payne, uh, power forward from Park Cottage Grove, people have been pretty high on him, uh, saying he's got the prototypical Big Ten banger power forward body. Um, so with luck, the Gophers will get some play and uh, may even be a fringe bubble team come March, but uh, there's obviously lots of time for that. But uh, the season does get kicked off here uh, this week. You know, with the men, at least I think you can see the signs of optimism. You don't, I, I think if you were to talk to Street or Zips or some of the other basketball focused writers on the blog, they'd just kind of roll their eyes at the being picked. 12th in, uh, in in the in the Big 10. I don't think anyone thinks this is a you know top half of the of the league team and but certainly probably better than 12th at least if things gel the way you know you would hope they'd be able to nothing crazy no no one playing way back, way past expectation. On the other hand the women the expectations have to be feeling really low uh, especially given some of the injuries uh, the lineup has sustained. Andy, what what do the women have as we look forward towards their beginning of the season? Yeah, I mean, for for Lindsey Whalen and her team, they will go as her highly touted freshman class goes. Obviously, uh, you know, we've reported and everybody else reported uh, her freshman class coming in, the highest ranked freshman class ever Minnesota's ever brought in, uh, four top 100 players. And they're going to have to play a large role on this team as, as just like in Ben Johnson's first year, although the being Wednesday lay in fifth year, uh, a vast majority of the existing team transferred out. In fact, the only players returning from Minnesota that have actually seen any action on the court for the Gophers are power forward Delana Michaud, who's a sophomore, uh, sophomore Maggie Senzano, who's a six-foot guard, who pretty much just saw mop-up duty last year. Um, and then you've got uh, Richard freshman Katie Borowitz, who was uh, probably going to step in, play a lot at guard. She missed the entire season last year with, uh, with neck surgery. Um, so she's returning back to action after playing a little bit in the second half of the season in, in 2020 in the COVID year. Otherwise, you look at Minnesota's roster. <coughs> excuse me, and it's it's mainly freshmen. Uh, you've got the the front Mallory, Mallory Hire from Chaska. Uh, you've got Vara Braun, who's a point guard from Wyzetta. And then you've got Amaya Battle, the guard from Hopkins. Uh, those three, three of the four, unfortunately, uh, Naya Holloway, the fourth of the big four that Lindsey Whalen brought in from in-state, she's already out for the season with the torn ACL. And earlier last week, they announced that uh, Juco transfer Amanada Z uh, from France is also out for the season after uh, a lower in- body injury. So Minnesota is going to have a really short bench. I mean, they, they legitimately have filled out this roster already with walk-ons, um, but they probably are only going to be able to legitimately go eight scholarship players deep, which is going to be really, really tough in the Big Ten. Um, if these freshmen can't hack it, uh, it could be a long, long year. Uh, the Gophers did get started with their uh, non or their exhibition game last Sunday. They hosted UW River Falls, ran to an easy 104-64 win. Um, 
uh, Mara Braun, like we said, that freshman from Wyzetta, she showed off in the game with 23 points to lead all school scorers, was five for nine from three. Uh, she's going to sort of step into that Sarah Scalia role. Scalia, uh, the Stillwater native, transferred after her junior year last year. Uh, she's now at Indiana, so we'll see her in a couple of months in Big Ten play. Uh, Isabel Gradwell, uh, Cleveland State transfers, grad transfers, she's going to be playing a lot at the off-guard spot. She ended up with 16 points. And then you're going to have a lot on the show, uh, Mallory Heyer, who are going to have to play a lot in the middle. I mean, the Gophers really only have three post players on this entire roster after Z's injury. Uh, between Michaud, Heyer, and Destiny Oberg, um, that's it. That's all they have the post. When Lindsay Whalen has had a trip issues recruiting post players. Um, she's got a couple coming in here in the next year or two. But this team is going to be very, very shallow in the trenches, which... Um, probably will cost them at least a game or two, especially in Big Ten place. So they're going to have to hope that uh, this freshman class really can impress and, and really shows up and, and does what they need to do um, offensively because they have no real post presence whatsoever. So it's going to be up to the guards, whether it's Maya Braun or Maya Battle, um, to try and, and see what they can do on this team. So, uh, good luck, Lindsay. Uh, it'll be interesting. They also kick things off Monday night. It's a, a men's women or women's men's doubleheader Monday night at the barn. One ticket gets into both games. Uh, the Gopher women will host Western Illinois before the men. We said host Western Michigan. Uh, then the women are off all the way till Sunday until uh, Lehigh comes to the barn. Um, and, uh, you know, they have a relatively easy non-conference schedule, North Dakota State, Presbyterian. Uh, they get to go to a tournament at Virginia, play the, the Cavs and Liberty. Uh, they get Wake Forest and Big Ten ACC Challenge. Uh, Circle, if you're looking for a marquee game, uh, they host Kentucky, who's been one of the best teams in the, in the nation the last few years in the SEC. Uh, they come to the barn on December 7th. Uh, that's probably the Gophers' marquee home non-conference game. So uh, good luck to Lindsey Whalen and uh, the Gopher women uh, as they get things started on here on Wednesday or on Monday. And uh, hopefully they can uh, turn some heads and surprise some people and, and do better than uh, I think the, the vast majority of people think it's going to go. Blake, are you ready for round two? As ready as I'll ever be. All right, it's ask Blake a hockey question. It's that time. Uh, Blake, who has scored more goals for the Gophers this year? I'm giving you multiple choice. Is it Matthew Nyes, Jackson Lacombe, or Jimmy Snuggerud? Give me the names again. Matthew Nyes, Jackson Lacombe, Jimmy Snuggerud. I'm going to go I'm between two names. I think I'm... I'm going to go Snuggerud. Oh, excellent. All right, so now we've got some extra credit points available for you. Uh, what class year... Is Snuggerud? Um, it's gonna be a shot in the dark. Freshman? I don't know. Yes, he's a freshman. Oh yes, going for the trifecta here. Has Snuggerud scored 
six or more goals? Um, I'll say n- no. Oh, <sighs> almost the trifecta. He has scored exactly six goals this season. Damn it, six seemed like a lot. Ah, you're just you're on fire today, Blake. So close to perfection. So close. You know, you weren't expecting two two extra credit rounds. I think uh, we can grade this on a curve and just give you perfection. Honestly, thank you. Although personally, I consider to, I'll continue to do aspire to be better and chase that um, full perfection. But I'll take what I can get this week. <laughs> Andy, you know Blake has brought near perfection to us. Perfection on a curve. I'd have to say for the women, the uh, I'd have to say for the women that honestly their weekend was perfection on a curve to go on the road to the number one team in the nation, grab a win and a, uh, a, a tie. I mean, what more can you really ask for? Yeah, no, I mean, the only, the only potential downfall you could talk about is that the Gophers blew a couple of leads in the third period to uh, get that tie against Ohio state on Saturday. Uh, but the Buckeyes are a ridiculously talented team. So, uh, but yes, the the headline being Minnesota went and got a big win. They scored three goals of their own in the third period to pick up a four two win on Friday. Um, yeah, Nelly late Lata- ah, Nelly Leighton, excuse me, the the Finnish defensive uh, freshman. She got a goal. Uh, Taylor Heisey got the eventual game winner. Um, Skyler Vetter has really come in and pretty much locked down the number one goaltending spot for the Gophers. The uh, the Lakeville uh, sophomore has really been impressive. Uh, said only allowing two goals on Friday night. Uh, the Gophers and Buckeyes came back and they did tie four four on Saturday. Um, no goals in overtime. Ohio State did end up taking the shootout to pick up the extra point, but four points uh, on the weekend gives the Gophers the advantage and they move up to number one in the polls in. in both polls this week, uh, the Buckeyes fall to number two trading spots. So um, it's really been an impressive start. <coughs> uh, Abby Murphy, two goals. Um, she's come back for her sophomore year after playing with the U.S. Olympic team last year and has been on an absolute tear. Uh, she was named the Big Ten forward, or excuse me, the WCHA forward of the month for October earlier today. Uh, Vetter was named the WCHA goalie of the month for October. So Gophers racking up awards already. Um, and, you know, stepped into the hardest part of their schedule. And, and like you said, when they're still uh, undefeated, 7-0-1 record. Uh, they come back and host number five, Minnesota Duluth, this weekend at Ritter uh, before a week off and then head back on the road to uh, Madison to take on the number three Badgers. So uh, no relief in the schedule here in November for the Gopher women, but hopefully if they continue to take care of business, um, you know, they're just basically banking NCAA seeding points at this point. So uh, great weekend in Columbus for the women, um, less great for the men, but you know, uh, both teams got uh, enough done for this early in the season can keep moving forward. You know, before we get to the men, I actually want to turn the attention over to to the upcoming series with Duluth. You know, what are your feelings like? Should we be looking for the Gophers to come away with a a, a sweep or a, a multiple? You know, or at least a, a majority of the points. 
I mean, it's it's it all come down to how they play. I mean, Duluth is a good enough team that they can beat anybody in the top of the WCHA. They played Wisconsin last week and, and earned a 2-1 overtime win on Friday before dropping Saturday's game. So um, if the Gophers play like they did Friday night against Ohio State, there's no reason why they shouldn't come away with the sweep. Uh, but the Bulldogs do have a goalie who can steal you a game. Emma Soderberg, uh, the Swedish Olympian, uh, she came back from Olympic duties end of the year last year, and uh, she basically single-handedly kept knocked the Gophers out of the uh, NCAA tournament in the NCAA quarterfinals in the rematch. Minnesota had beaten UMD 5-1 in the WCHA semifinals uh, with uh, the Bulldogs' other goalie in net, and Soderberg played in that NCAA quarterfinal, stopped 35 saves, and, and owned the Gophers as UMD would go on to uh, advance to the Frozen Four, eventually losing in the NCAA title game to Ohio State. So, um, you know, the old adage in hockey is a hot goalie can take you as far as they want. So uh, the Gophers are going to have to get pucks past Soderberg, and there's no guarantee that will happen. Uh, so I would expect, just like Ohio State, probably some really tight, lower-scoring games. Wouldn't be surprised if, if you see some 3-2 uh, games, something like that. Minnesota probably has a better scoring offense than both, well, they're probably pretty even with Wisconsin, but a better scoring offense than Ohio State for sure. So, um, you know, Minnesota definitely has the ability. I think a split should be bare minimum what they should be expecting this weekend. Uh, you know, you've got the home crowd at Ritter. You always hate to lose home conference games. Um, so I'll go out and say I think the Gophers get it done and we'll either get a sweep or they'll get, you know, similar to what they did this week. They'll take, you know, four or five points, maybe a, a win and a, and a tie, and then obviously – you know, who knows? Nobody can predict shootouts. So, you know, figure if you get one game and one game goes to a shootout, you're doing pretty good. Friends don't let friends predict shootouts. All right. The men, uh, you know, not as good of a weekend. Still ranked number three after it. But let's break down what happened in Columbus uh, for the Pride on Ice. Uh, well, basically, the freshmen played like freshmen on Friday night. I, I didn't see any of the game. I was out, uh, but I was reading recaps, and it basically sounded like Minnesota just didn't have anything Friday night. Uh, the Buckeyes came out and, and took it to them and picked up a couple of quick goals, and and uh, the Gophers were just sort of on their heels the entire game. Uh, Justin Close did not play well. He ended up getting yanked in the third period. Uh, really, it was just a bad game all around. Uh, the Gophers tried making a run at the end, ended up cutting the uh, the eventual game to 6-4 with a couple of late third-period goals, but it wasn't nearly enough. Um, Ohio State pretty much outplayed the Gophers for the vast majority of the game. Um, you know, Minnesota's penalty kill is um, not good, to say the least. <coughs> the Buckeyes... Um, Scored a couple of power play goals, and, and Minnesota didn't look good. Uh, they did bounce back, luckily, and, and pick up a 4-2 win on Saturday um, to get the split. Uh, they played much better. Um, but, again, something that Minnesota's going to be have to pay attention to, uh, both goals for Ohio State, uh, shorthanded goals by the same player, in fact. It was... Uh, uh, I don't have his name in front of me. I had it here a minute ago. But anyways, the Buckeyes scored both goals shorthanded. Um, Ohio State has the best penalty kill in the nation. They've only allowed one power play goal all year long. Um, and now I think lead the nation with either five or six shorthanded goals already in the season. So uh, something to watch when these two teams will face off again back in Minneapolis here in February. But, um, you know, it's they're the third split in a row for the Gophers. As we said, they dropped down to number three in the nation after it. Uh, they just haven't put 
together a, a consistent 120 minutes lately. Um, you know, against Minnesota State, they played great on Friday, didn't so play so great on Saturday. North Dakota, they controlled play for probably 95% of the weekend, but that 5%, they looked awful and ended up uh, allowing the the Fighting Hawks to come back and pick up an overtime win on Saturday. So it'd be nice if Minnesota can try and get it together and, uh, and get a nice full, you know, series sweep. Uh, they're back home this weekend. Notre Dame ranked number 12 in the country comes to town. Uh, another big 10 clash. Um, so hopefully the, uh, the Gophers can take it to the golden domers, seven o'clock face-offs, both Friday and Saturday night. looks like Bally sports North extra for TV for both these games. So, um, Hopefully the Gophers can figure out what they're doing, uh, come back, get a bounce back sweep. Um, and then they've got a short week as uh, the following week, Penn State comes into uh, Mariucci and they play a Thursday, Friday series thanks to uh, Saturday football. The Big Ten has pretty much gone away from these Friday, Sunday split series. Um, so the Gophers will play back-to-back Thursday, Friday series, one at home against Penn State, and then at Michigan the following week, uh, seeding Saturday to uh, Big Ten football. Predictions. Prediction time. I'm still on my shit. I'm predicting the Gophers win 11-5 to because I can. That's a nonsense scoreline. I don't care. That's what I'm going with. Blake, what you got? Uh, I've, I've got Minnesota winning 23-16. to 16. I think it's going to be somewhat of an ugly game. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if Minnesota runs away with it. Um, maybe less so if Casey Thompson isn't playing. Um, I still think even with Casey Thompson, the Minnesota defense is pretty good. I think they can hold their own for the most part against um, a Nebraska offensive full strength, but... Uh, yeah, I think with Thompson's status up in the air, I, I honestly, I if you had to, if I had to bet on, I don't think he plays. I think and that kind of injury is nothing to mess around with. And you know, they said it was a nerve injury, and he's lost feeling in his hand for most of the day. So, and he has, I know he hasn't practiced Monday or Tuesday. So, um, I'll be surprised if we see him on Saturday. But yeah, in the end, I think Minnesota pulls this one out. Although I still have some shakiness with uh, putting faith in that Minnesota offense, but we'll see how they do. Andy, Nebraska's ass in many ways. Is that affecting your prediction at all? You know, I, I it'll be a question to see. I mean, the lore of Lincoln can do many things. Obviously, Minnesota went in there in the COVID and, and pulled off a win that nobody thought they were going to do. Uh, we were in there, unfortunately, for Scott Frost's first win as the uh, head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers when Nebraska was 0-6 and just got awful, and Minnesota crapped the bed, and, and Nebraska took the Gophers to the woodshed that day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Vegas thinks that Nebraska is ass. They are ass, and we laugh at them. I mean, the the line opened at something like Minnesota plus 10, and now it's sitting at Minnesota plus 15. So they really either think Casey Thompson's not going to play, or even if Casey Thompson is going to play, that Nebraska just can't compete with this Minnesota team. Um, So who's to doubt Vegas? I don't think the Gophers will cover a full 15 points. But uh, I do think they'll pick up the win. Um, this defense is, is once again going to carry this team. So as long as they do what they need to do and the offense is at least somewhat successful, I'll say uh, 24-13, the Minnesota Gophers retain the chair another All year. All right. Well, friends, uh, let us hope we get two in a row. I would like to see back-to-back wins out of this Gopher team. Winning is much more fun. I want to return to the days of winning. 
we will have all the coverage leading up to the game uh, on the blog. In the meantime, go Gophers. Sky you ma. Row the boat. Thank you.